One, two, three. Do it. Oh, Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, 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 my God. Oh, my God. Right, right, we're coming right back in, Mikey, to another edition of the Scolders Podcast. You're Mike Anderson. I'm Ed Broadmerkel. How you doing tonight, Mike? Doing well. You, doing well. You getting hyped for the Sunday night uh, football edition? Oh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Back to Probably back. Probably most excited I've been, you know, for a game. Back to back Sunday night games uh, coming up against the Bears at Soldier Field. A place where uh, it's it's fabled in Vikings lore of the last decade here that that we can't win there, Mike. It's true. I mean, it, you you don't believe that, right? No, I mean, but uh, we've definitely struggled there in the past. You know, it has been a bit of a house of horrors, if you will, and it's something. Hopefully, we can start to you know kind of change the direction. Sure. And 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 make it a place where you know we start to win some football games. It's a tough place to play, definitely a tough place to play. Um, Vikings, of course, have already played uh, uh, Green Bay once at, at Green Bay. We've played Detroit at home. Um, tied 1-1-1, one, 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 so there's four division games left. Twice against the Bears in this last seven games. Uh, once at Detroit and once um, next week uh, home versus Green Bay. Um, now, of these last four games, I, I think this is obviously pretty clearly one of the, the tougher ones of the division schedule remaining. Um, so we'll get into this a bit more of, of why you think it's going to be uh, a pretty lopsided game and, and why I'm a little bit more pessimistic about it. But uh, before we do that, let's take a little look around the league here in the last week here. Um, a couple headlines here that are kind of, kind of surprising to me. Um, New England Falls, Tennessee. Steelers pop 52 on Carolina. Um, I don't know, a couple of weird things like we weren't expecting to see coming into this week. Yeah, I mean, you know, New England seems like once a year ends up losing a game. I don't want to say out of nowhere because Tennessee is one of those teams that for the last year or so has always kind of kept themselves in games with, you know, decent decent offense, decent defense, and they just kind of hang around, hang around. Now, the problem is sometimes they hang around against bad football teams, too, and, and have the ability to lose those games. But, you know, you had you had Deion Lewis, uh, former Patriot. You have you had Vrabel, the, the coach there in Tennessee. So, you know, you had a little bit of revenge factor kind of coming in and, and wanting to take it to the old team. So, yeah, I mean, sure. a little surprising, certainly. Um, but, you know, everybody has a bad game, as, as Vikings fans know, Buffalo, etc. But uh, a little surprising there, you know, I, I don't know. I don't look too much into it in England, still very much in control of that division. And and uh, obviously a huge win for Tennessee, though, to help them potentially get into the playoffs. And, and honestly, they're, they're still in line to maybe make a run at Houston in that division, you know? Yeah, a lot of football left to play. I think a, a lot of teams have um, three or four divisional matchups still remaining in, in the, the last bit of the schedule. So um, a lot of things can shift very quickly um, in the next few weeks of the NFL. 
take a listen to our last couple episodes here if you want to hear more about kind of this around the week stuff we're, we're just touching on right now. But um, a lot of football left to play and a lot of football against each other in divisions left to play. So you had, like, Dallas beat Philadelphia, but there's a lot of football left to play in that division. I don't think anyone's completely running away with that yet. Uh, New Orleans slaughtering Cincinnati. But Cincinnati is not dead in their division either. Um, that still might come down to the wire if Cincinnati can, can kind of recover from that. Then um, <laughs> you got in the south, Indianapolis just narrowly winning over Jacksonville. So that division is flipping around too. So a lot of football left to play in those divisions. Uh, we did a little preview on that the last couple of episodes here. So um, take a listen to that. I think that's some good stuff there. Um, anyway, you, you ready to get into the Bears, man? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> you, you, look, you look like you're born ready, man. Let's let's go. Get your skull hat. It's great. So you know, that's gotta get ready, baby. Absolutely. Coming off the bye week, um, so I had a chance to kind of get healthy. The injury report is still pretty massive, a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. I believe as of right now, there are 11 people on the injury report. Um, but we're seeing some of the stuff I, I kind of earmarked out that we were looking forward to. Um, you're hoping to get Diggs back off that rib injury. Hoping to get 100% healthy Delvin with no pitch count. Uh, Riley Reef returning um, 100%. Maybe you get Sandejo back. Maybe you get Compton back. Um, so, yeah, your thoughts kind of going into this with a little bit healthier of a offensive side of things. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely nice to get Diggs back. Um, you know, I truly believe Diggs might have been able to go against Detroit if it was a playoff game. But I think they made the right decision, you know, getting him the extra weeks there. Uh, a little bit of concern possibly now with Thielen showing up back-to-back days on the report. But, you know, I'm going to stay optimistic on uh, on that standpoint. I think Dalvin clearly back to 100%, not even showing there is huge. You know, you, you look at it, and, and yeah, it's been frustrating. I know Vikings fans were really high on Delvin Cook because he's shown flashes of, of brilliance and, hey, you can be one of the better running backs in the NFL. Well, we managed to get through this. We're still in line to, you know, control our own destiny for the division, and now you've basically got a fresh Delvin Cook. Right. You know, that, that could be huge down the stretch because – a lot of these teams, you know, you've got players on the defensive side of the ball that have that have played 12, 14, 16 games. And and I know it's not going to make huge difference, but still for running backs, uh, you know, that that tread it, they do start it seems to break down when you get tons and tons and tons of rushes and and so he's hungry, he's still coming off that injury and and I think you're really going to see an explosive Dalvin Cook not only against Chicago, uh, but certainly the second half of the the Viking season here. Definitely a benefit to the Vikings. Like I said, uh, Thielen is on there the last couple days. It is worth noting that limited participation could be anything from one snap out to, you know, you're only playing or practicing for one snap. So when we're in there with all these limited, we don't absolutely know what's going on with the limited, right? It's For me, when I'm looking at an injury report like this, I look at Wednesday, I look at Thursday, I look at Friday, I look at the trajectory of what's going on. So you look at... Um, Anthony Barr, for instance, did not participate Wednesday. Limited participation Thursday. If that's still limited or even full participation Friday, that's a good sign. Um, You look at Tom Compton. If he's limited Wednesday, Thursday, that's a fairly good sign that he he has a good shot to play. Um, So that's kind of how I look at these things. You know, you can go all all negative on it and be like, well, all these guys are limited, but 
you know what, limited could just be precautionary. Limited could be, you know, veterans day off, that kind of thing. So I always just caution everyone just, just take it take it with a grain of salt and and know that these are these are not a full report of what's actually going on in practice. Right, right. No, I mean, it, it, the big one, obviously, is, is always Friday, uh, and you're right. You know, the, the designation isn't always, I mean, it's obviously all you can really go on, but, you know, unless you're within the organization, you really don't know on some of these things, and, yeah. and it's kind of a wait-and-see deal, and, and I'm sure tomorrow uh, we'll get a little bit better idea on some of the remaining question marks, but certainly it looks like uh, this is a much healthier team than we've had in previous weeks that we will be uh, sending down to, you know, the Windy City on, on Sunday evening. So Absolutely. It's looking like Tom Compton's probably got a good shot to play. Like you mentioned, um, Stefan Diggs has got a good shot to play. Um, who else is on here that, that's, that we're really looking to get back? Um, Deho is, is still not participating, so... Not a, hu- not a huge deal there, though, right? Not you a know? huge deal based on, on the last couple of weeks. I mean, the defense has, has shown up just fine without him, so not a huge deal. But you got Barr back uh, in practice. That is great to see. And like you said, Dalvin is not even on the injury report. So all that's great heading into this this uh, this critical matchup here in the division. Um, so let's talk some keys of the game here, Mike. On defense. On defense. Okay. What, what do the Vikes need to do on defense to take this win? So you, you actually have somewhat of an explosive offense uh, with the Bears. You look at their last couple of games, they threw up 34 against Detroit, 41 against the Bills, 31 New England, uh, 28 Miami, 48 Tampa. It's a, it's a team that has been able to score points. Now, they're doing it a little bit on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, they, they've, they've got some defensive points that have been put on the board and certainly Khalil Mack and their defense has been putting them in, in short fields and positions to, to add uh, to what their offense is doing. But this, this bears offense is not something that can be overlooked. Um, They've got a lot of weapons and it might, it's not, it's not like Pittsburgh, right? Where you've got these household names, uh, Antonio Brown and, and, you know, formerly Le'Veon Bell and, and some of these teams are Odell Beckham, Saquon Barkley, you know, some of these big fantasy names, that's not necessarily the Chicago team, but they do have a lot of weapons that, you know, are, are contributing and producing this year. Um, they've, they've got, I think, four or five guys that's got over 40 targets. They've got a dual threat in the backfield. You've got Trubisky who's really starting to come around. Uh, so I think that focusing in and making sure that this defense – I mean, so let's, let's, I guess, jump ahead. What can we do to kind of prevent this offense from moving? Making sure you stick with, you, you know, contain. You know, you got you to gotta be on your assignment, and, and they're going to look to exploit any sort of lapses in judgment, lapse in contain, and they've got the weapons to do it. Some of these guys are really fast. Gabriel's fast. Cohen's fast. Robinson's fast. Burton's a very athletic tight end. So uh, the Vikings really, really, really need to make sure that they're focused and there, there can't really be any lapses um, in, in judgment, contain, however you want to phrase it. They have to make sure that they're sharp. And they have been the last few games. So I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm feeling confident. This will be, you know, the best defense I think that Chicago will have gone up against this season. But 
the Vikings defense needs to come in this with a mindset that, hey, this is a very talented offensive team. Sure. Um, one thing the Vikings have struggled against this year, um, and actually in the past couple of years, is uh, uh, when running backs get involved in the passing game, we, we tend to struggle a little bit with that. Um, is that part of that you just got to stay uh, disciplined with, 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 like you said, your decision-making, your um, your scheme, what, what have you, to, to kind of contain those guys? Is that, that kind of what you're driving at there? Yeah, you know, they're... they're... They're going to really try to do them some things, uh, much like St. Louis did, to to draw draw some of the coverage to other players and, and create these these openings in space that they can get the ball to Cohen, and he's really good in space. He's also quick, uh, similar to what you know. I, I expect us to try to do the same thing with with Dalvin, and and I mean a lot of teams that have these sort of dual threat backs, they all do it, but Chicago's been very good at it. Um, and so the biggest thing there is, is like you said, make sure you stay in your spot. You can't be tempted to, to drop into these other areas or, you know, to, to you got to make sure that you're all focused. You're all communicating together from a defensive standpoint. Um, otherwise, they're going to make you pay and, and they're willing to take chances. Chicago does take chances. I, I watched their Lions game last week with the Vikes on by. You know, I was able to, to kind of get a glimpse of some of these other games and I watched uh, majority of of the Lions Bears game, and they really they really took some chances once they got onto the Lions side of the fifty yard line, and I would expect them to do the same thing here. Now I'm I'm hoping that the Vikings defense is a little bit better than the Lions, um, but yeah, biggest thing like you said, they're gonna get Cohen's gonna get involved. It, it's you can't go in with this mindset of we're going to take him out of the play, you know, and they always, I think Belichick is known for that. Like, yo, we're going to remove this player entirely. I'm not a big proponent of that. You know, Gurley, some of these really good players, they're always going to get a little bit, but you've got to, you've got to limit the damage, right? Damage control. And, and I think that we got to hope that the third down defense continues, try to put some pressure on Trubisky and just make sure you're staying in your spots. You got to tackle well, um, but this this is going to be a great test. It's going to be a great test for this defense. Well, speaking of pressure on Trubisky, so do you do you stick with the kind of game plan we ran? I think last week, I think we only blitzed like twice, something like that, some really low amount. Do you stay with that game plan uh, to free up more of your defenders to cover some of these running backs out of the the screen in the flats, or do you dial up the blitzes because you know Mitch Trubisky is not a seasoned quarterback? And you might be able to make him make some errant throws and maybe get a couple turnovers that way. Be a little bit more aggressive. Yeah, you know, so a little bit of, of uh, pick your poison here, right? So Trubisky over the last couple of years is actually statistically one of the worst quarterbacks against the Blitz. Um, I think he's like the third or, third or fourth worst from a QBR standpoint against the Blitz. So if he sees it coming, it's panic mode and... You know, what, what am I going to do here? Now, I don't know how much of that was maybe last year when, you know, there were still some growing pains, and now this year he's, he certainly looks like a different player. Uh, but certainly, I mean, all quarterbacks, even the Drew Brees and some of these guys, when, you, when you're bringing the blitz and you're doing it um, at the right time and, it, and it's really hitting home, you can really fluster some of these guys, and, and, and that's where even Rodgers, you see, they make a bad throw. They, they have to think quicker and get rid of the ball quicker, and that's what we're going to try to do here. So I think that 
On the flip side, the issue is Trubisky's mobile, very mobile quarterback. He, he, he's going to run the ball four or five times. He has been on average. He's quicker uh, than you would think for a quarterback. He's also a pretty big guy, so not necessarily going to slide. You know, he, he's, if, if he's got one guy to beat and, and it's not bar or whatever, you know, he might try to get through that guy. So you got to kind of balance here. Zimmer's going to have to balance on the play calling. You know, where are we blitzing from? Because we if, if they blitz here and Trubisky rolls out, do we have guys there to help contain? So it, it's a little bit of a tricky game plan. I think that you're going to see a balanced attack. I don't know that I would say blitz, 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 blitz. But certainly knowing he's struggled against the blitz, you're going to need to... You're going to need to bring it maybe a little bit more than than you typically would, um, you know, just on a standard game plan. Blitz when it makes sense. Blitz uh, when it's uh, maybe a little bit more of an aggressive call to make, but you kind of just, like I said, kind of just stick with the rush four because they've been getting pressure on their own. And then, yeah. and then just dial it up when you need to dial it up in those third and longs and try to try to force an error, right? Yeah, and, and you know, on that, we have been getting great pressure with, with the front four, and I think hopefully Daniil has another monster game and, and, and can get Trubisky, but I think you're going to see a little bit different a little bit different pressure from that front four because knowing how mobile he is, it can't just be a all-out you know, collapse to Trubisky because if he's able to get outside, it could mean a lot of yards from a rush standpoint. So this is going to be the classic Zimmer says all the time, you know, you're not necessarily rushing uh, or, or blitzing or pressuring just to get to him. You've got to still be smart about where other players are and where he could go. Um, and, and, and again, I think this is, this is going to be a huge test for the defense. Absolutely. I think it's one of the, the more explosive offenses we've faced in, uh, in quite a while here. Um, Saints, obviously, notwithstanding there. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a really fun game, I, I think. That's going to be one of the things to watch is, is how we, like you said, how we pressure him without losing that outside contain that the DNs have to be responsible for when the quarterback yeah. sneaks out of the pocket. So how can we yep. keep him in there and, and not allow him to get those yakks? As you have in your notes, we have historically not been great against mobile quarterbacks. No. No, we have not. So... Uh, anything else in the, the defense here that we want to touch on before we shift on over to the offensive side of the ball? You know, there, there's nothing, nothing major. Um, I think it's, it's, again, it's going to take a really solid all around team effort. This isn't, you know, I feel like sometimes we go in and, and we know, you know, Rhodes has to has a, have a big game because he's, he's against the Michael Thomas or, or the linebackers, you know, I need to cover Gurley quite a bit because, you know, they're going to get lined up, et cetera, or the, the front line really needs to collapse because it's a weak offensive line, et cetera. And there's not, to me in this game, necessarily one of those individual things. I think just you need the team to really come together, communicate, and and play as a unit more than ever this game. So that's really what I'm looking for. It, it might not be one of these games where someone individually stands out, more, you know, you might not have a Daniil Hunter from from last week, or Harry the Hitman from uh, was that week one when week he had, one, yep. yeah, a couple of big. You know, you might not have that Sunday night, but you also might have this just electric defense that's flying around making plays together, and and that's really what I'm most excited to watch. So. Sure, um, yeah, all around team effort because because like you said earlier, um, they don't have any one or two superstars. They're kind of spreading all over the place, um, right. 
Offensively. Alright. First point here. Contain Khalil Mack at all costs. Yeah. Or at least try to. So how, yeah. how do we start to do this? I, I'm, I mean, I think if you had the answer to that, you know, we might be on a coaching staff somewhere. So I, I, I don't know. I think you have to be aware of where he is at all times on the field. And, you know, I don't know if you try to chip him, if you try to double him, if you – all of this has been attempted and it, it hasn't necessarily worked. So I think the biggest thing is Cousins to be aware of where he is. And they're just going to have to try to – see what he's doing and adjust to it. So I, I don't have an answer for how we slow him down. I don't, there's no answer for this guy currently. He's, he's an absolute monster. I think for me, one of the things is that you just got to try to make those decisions quick, uh, make sure the yeah. passing game is set up to get the ball out quick, quick timing routes. And uh, you just kind of have to rely on that. Cause, cause like I said, there is no stopping this guy. He's going to get to you eventually. The right. key is, can you get the ball out of your hands effectively before he gets there? Right, right. And you know, luckily for us, we have Theo and we have Diggs. Hopefully, who will both play. Um, they're pretty good at those timing rounds. We saw that a lot last year. Yeah, no, uh, I, I think you know. I forgot we had we had talked about that a little bit. Utilizing the the crisp route running of of Theo and Diggs and and. Uh, you know, even Treadwell, the, we've been watching back some of these games. Treadwell's getting space. Um, I know a lot of listeners out there really have this. It, it amazes me how polarizing Treadwell is. It's like people think he's performing like the Green Bay game and responsible for every bad thing that happens. The guy's actually been getting some separation. He's been quietly having three for 30, three for 40, you know, making some big catches. And, and I think that we talked about it weeks ago that if this team is going to continue to succeed, he's going to need to make some big catches on third down uh, and really moving the chains as this year goes on. And I, I, there's no different, I think, on Sunday night. I think, again, you need to look for him and Rudolph on some of these plays where where maybe Thielen and Diggs, you know, the routes are a little longer. They, they can't quite get open. They're, they're going to have to step up. But, yeah, again, quick decisions. Utilize the, the great route running that we have. And also Dalvin. Uh, basically 100% Dalvin. I think we might see, you know, week one, we saw us throw to Dalvin on, on the outside in the flats. I think you're going to see that a little bit more this week too. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of see now that we've got the, the full arsenal, if you will, what we end up doing. Yeah, we haven't had a healthy Dalvin for quite some time. I don't even think we... I, I, don't, I don't even know. I would say we haven't had it. Yeah, so I, I'm right there with you there. It, it's... Very interesting to see what we can actually dial up with a healthy Delvin who's 100% ready to go with our full complement of wide receivers, 100% ready to go with an O-line that appears to be gelling as of late. Um, I don't know if it's if it was including uh, last game we played, but Brian O'Neill has not allowed a sack yet um, in his rookie campaign here. So wow. if he can continue that, if he can show out well against Chicago... Um, I think we can put it to bed that we made a mistake drafting um, Hughes in the first round versus a guard. Neither one of us were on that train, but it's no. out there in, in the, the Viking sphere that we should have drafted a guard because that was the biggest need. And I yeah, think that's absolutely just, false. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you. I don't even, it's not even worth spending time on. No. Uh, no. It, yeah. So, one of, one of my other notes was uh, keep Kirk clean. We just kind of touched on that. Um, that is one of the biggest 
things that we can do to to help get this offense continuing to move forward. Um, we just talked about uh, Brian O'Neill. Uh, we've had the same combination of linemen for I think the past two weeks now. Um, I think so with with Reef, with Reef back in it. So if that unit is truly meshed in the way I think it is, and we can keep it clean, we can get that ball out quickly. Uh, I think. Kirk Cousins has the potential to completely shred this defense of Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I I think this offense is extremely talented, and and it's going to come down to can we give them the time? And you know, I like I told you, I think Mac and they're they're going to get to him a time or two. We got to make sure he hangs onto the football in those situations. I think turnovers. I'm assuming we're going to get to. You know, and it seems like we we touch on that every week. But I think in a game like this, with these defenses that are, Chicago's turning the ball over at a pretty high rate. Their defenses, that is, you know, they're they're generating takeaways. I think that it's going to be key that we don't give them, you know, field position. We don't give them any points off turnovers. This is a road game in the division, division leader. You got to make sure that you play a clean football game. So I think that that is kind of where it keep keep Kirk clean. Um, you know, I think that that is going to go a long way into making sure that we don't turn the ball over. Right. Uh, it's pivoting a little bit. Have you looked at at all on how Chicago does against tight ends? Uh, I have not. Um, I mean, I got their I got their game log up here to see what you know. I know what they've given up kind of through the through the air, but you uh, sound like you might have some information on that. No, I'm just kind of get a feel that uh, Rudy kind of hasn't had a, a breakout game recently, so it, it could be possibly time to have Rudy have a, a breakout couple touchdown game here. Yeah, you know, they haven't really played, you know, I'm just looking here, they haven't played a hell of a lot of um, great tight ends here. You know, they, they, they Gronk maybe and week one uh, they played Green Bay, you know, but otherwise... Lions, Bills, Jets, Dolphins, you know, not exactly, even Seahawks this year, not exactly, Cardinals, those aren't really household tight end names, so not really sure, but I, I think, again, Rudy always has that potential, but Thielen and Diggs, it, it seems like they don't want to give it up, you know, one of them is continuing, continually having a big game. Sure. Um I don't know what else we want to touch on in the offense here. Uh, we we go in a little bit about turnovers. Uh, we haven't been the best at converting turnovers into points. Uh, any idea why that is? It's just we're just struggling in general on offense. The, the the couple weeks we've gotten turnovers, or you know, I don't know. It it does seem a little clunky. It it's almost like D Flippo has a game plan for when we're going to get the ball, you know, back in our own zone and they've right. got a whole scheme on what we're going to go. And then all of a sudden, Oh, turnover. We're at the opponent 28 in like, Oh, let's, let's run on first so I can figure out what the plan is. And then it's a, you know, I mean, it's a one yard gain and, and it just, it seems clunky all of a sudden at that point. So I don't really know if it's just certainly that, that needs to get better. Um, Let's hope that we have an opportunity to improve on that this game, you know. But I, I think certainly when you go on the road and in a division, if you can get inside the thirty or inside the red zone, you got to put points on the board. And and I think that there's going to be an opportunity here for the Vikings to put up a good number offensively 
Um, but it's going to come down to converting, and and uh, you know we'll we'll see how we do. But I, I've got some high hopes. All right, special teams. I want to mention this because uh, a prefer mentioned uh, Amir Abdullah if he's active that he'd like to see him returning kicks. Thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he he used to be a pretty talented kick returner. I think as long as he's got ball security there, we've kind of rotated through X amount of guys on on bringing the kicks back. So, you know, if they kind of want to see what he's got and and they trust him, I'm I'm all for it. I mean, in, in this day and age, it's not like you get a hell of a lot of kick returns anyway. You know, right. the, the ball rarely comes out of the end zone unless you're Ty Montgomery. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm fine with that. I think you know if he's ready to go i listened to a couple of interviews on him he sounds like he's itching he wants to be a part of the team and and uh i think yeah it would make sense to get him out there on special teams see what he's got and then you never know uh maybe you start to work in a few carries here and there and and uh it's not a bad name to have on the back end of your roster absolutely not i think it adds just a, a little bit of a extra bit of that shiftiness depth that uh I think we kind of lost. Um, I think Rock Tom Rock Thomas went to the practice squad after we cut him. Um, yeah, so he's still with the team. Um, kind of, kind of reads me as kind of like that Jet McKinnon back. Maybe not quite as talented, but kind of similar style. Right. Um, yeah. No, I would agree. Uh, you know, while you're on special teams, I guess one thing we didn't mention was uh, Bears kicker Cody Parkey did miss four kicks last week. Now unbelievably all four kicks hit an upright which <laughs> that's gotta be a just, record uh, it's gotta be a wreck i don't even know if it would ever be done again it just absolutely shocking but he had four different kicks hit an upright two extra points two field goals and kick back forward and miss so unreal it, i i mean obviously you're 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 pretty accurate and if i'm a coach that's what i'm saying to him like dude you're you're right there just go out and keep doing your thing but obviously, we've seen it before. Kickers are a little bit of a, a unique creature, if you will. And so, if he's got to line up for a, a big kick here or there, and, and God forbid he misses his first one on Sunday night, that could come into play a little bit. Sure. Uh, in the divisional matchup, we've seen it against Green Bay. Those kicks matter. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I, I've mentioned this at at, uh, at my place of work quite quite often, like, I want the dumbest kicker possible. Like a guy that doesn't get in his own head. He just like, I go kick. And that's all he says. Just dumb as a stump kicker who literally cannot get in his own head when he misses kicks. That's the perfect kicker. Unfortunately, yeah. no. they don't exist. No. No, they don't. And and as we get to predictions here, I mean, you'll see. I, I don't think that. I think Cody Parkey can go out and he can work on his kicking game because I don't think it's going to matter to make this game close. But uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. All right, then let's let's roll right into predictions here, Mike. Vikings, uh, you, Chicago. What do you got? You want me to go first? Yes. Here? Okay. Um, so obviously, super excited for this game. I think. The, the Vikings have, have really started to turn a corner. You know, the last few weeks, their their defense is starting to look. It's flying around. It really looks like it's coming into its own. The offense is starting to get healthier. I do believe Cousins is the real deal. And I think that this has a chance to be the game that, that everything gets put together on a national spotlight. Um, so I don't I, – you and I said Chicago was going to be better than a lot of people thought this year, and they are. They're better than I thought. Obviously, bringing Mac in makes a big difference. They're they're playing at a high level, 
but I don't know that they're a six and three football team. And, and I'm not, I'm not going to take anything away because in the NFL, as we know, we lost the Buffalo. We got killed at home by them. You're six and three. You're getting pretty close to a playoff berth. So sure. still a good football team, but I think the Vikings are, are better. I think they're, they're starting to turn into this team that we thought they were going to be from week one. You know, this team that a lot of people had picked to maybe go to the Super Bowl uh, in a loaded NFC. So I'm seeing it as this is the week. I think it, it, we've been kind of climbing this mountain, and I think that this is kind of a, a game where we put it all together. Um, I think the defense is flying around. We get Strabisky. He turns the ball over a couple times. I think the defense might score again, and, and I think the offense is just going to be methodical. Um, so I, I'm going to go a route, and, and I want to even go higher, but I'm going to say 34-17, and I won't be shocked if it's worse than that. I think the Vikings win going away, and I think we're going to be really excited with an opportunity to hopefully, you know, put Green Bay out of its misery the following Sunday night. Okay, that's yeah, that's probably a bit more optimistic than I think I am in this. Like, like I said, we got four divisional games left. I think this is the toughest one. Um, no matter how good you are, how poor the other team is, uh, it always seems like these divisional games always end up with a little bit of extra juice. And just stuff get, stuff can get weird really quickly. Um, so you want to know what? I think the Vikings take this in a close close game with a field goal kick at the end of it by Dan Bailey. Goes through. Yeah. Vikings win 27-24. I just, uh, I don't see how they're giving up. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not seeing it. And I, I don't know. I've been. Well, I've been that, that, that probably, right that, that, so includes, year. that includes a scoop and score from Mac. All right, all right, all right. So, uh, so other predictions: Green Bay at Seattle. What do you have, Mike? Uh, you know, it pains me because, like I said, uh, I had Wilson them making the playoffs, and that was my route for him to get, you know, the MVP this year. And he's he's having a good football season. Obviously, the MVP though isn't going to happen with the years Mahomes and Breeze are having. So, I got to make up a little bit of ground in you in the standings. I actually think Green Bay is going to go in and and keep their season alive. And I know both teams are – I mean, this is an elimination game, right? Uh, I think Seattle's 4-5, and five, Green Bay is whatever, 4-1. Four, four, four four um, so realistically, you got to look at this as an elimination game. You've got two really strong quarterbacks. But I think Green Bay is a little bit healthier and better football team in some of these areas. I worry about Seattle's secondary uh, and Seattle's receiving options. Doug Baldwin just hasn't been the same this year. So I think Green Bay goes in, gets a close close win, you know, against against the twelfth man out in Seattle. You know, I, I'm gonna go reverse. I think Seattle takes this one. Um I, I think Russell I Wilson right. has some heroics at the end of it and you know makes this division all that much easier to win. I mean it's yeah. obviously a more compelling story if Green Bay wins and then if we win against Chicago going into next week's Sunday night matchup against Green Bay. Um but yeah, I, I just I think Seattle's just still got that moxie in there at home, and that that means a lot to that team. Uh, Trust me, I, I hope you're right. So I, I want Seattle to win, but so, yeah, so I got Seattle on that one. Uh, see, for my for my pick here for our prediction, I'm gonna go with Indianapolis, uh, Tennessee, which is in Indianapolis. Um, what are you thinking? Man, that's a tough game. Um... I, I, I don't understand how Indy is actually starting to win a few football games here and there. You know, I, I, I thought that it was going to take them a little bit longer to actually get to that point, and, and they're surprising me a little bit. So 
I got to go with Tennessee. I like Tennessee. I like Mariota. He's got back-to-back games playing well. Big win against New England at home. I think they ride that, and I'll look for Tennessee to to win a close game. I mean, they don't – I don't think they go in there and, and blow out Indy, but I think they go in and get the job done. I think I'm right with you on that one. I think Tennessee right now is looking like a pretty good football club. Um, they seem to be pretty consistent in what they're doing. Indianapolis did win over Jacksonville, but Jacksonville this year has been pretty garbage. And they just barely won because it was it Jackson was driving and then they fumbled. So yeah, yeah. I I, I think Tennessee's going to take that one. Um, I still think it's going to be a close game, but I I just think they got a little bit more talent, a little bit more uh, <clears throat> what do you call it? Experience with with some of these games that Indy's had that Indy hasn't had in the last few years. Yeah, because they've been so poor. Yeah. No, it's fine. Uh, I think the last one I. I I hate to make the pick for you, but I'm pretty sure yeah, I know what you're going to pick. you got to go Kansas City Rams, right? Right. Um, yeah. I, I'll start with this one here. Uh, you know, both these teams are great. Kansas shifted. City, you, sh- you should know it. Shifted to L.A. from Mexico City. Correct. Shifted to L.A. To LA from Mexico City because Mexico City turf was just completely destroyed. Horrific. I, yeah. If you haven't seen it, go look at some pictures of it because it, it's... It's it's like it's a dirt field. It's it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. The by the way, this was originally slotted as an LA Rams home game, so it's not like they're getting right. an extra home game. Just in case anyone was curious. Um, yeah. But LA Rams lost Cooper Cup. Um, I don't know how much that's going to affect them, but it's one less weapon they have. Then Kansas City right now is just on this ridiculous tear. Um, I think Kansas City is going to win this, and I think it's going to be by a couple scores, honestly. Um, Woo. I, I just I feel like they're better. They're doing stuff that is just so much so ridiculous, and the scary part is is Mahomes has room to improve. That's the yeah. scary part going forward, and I think Goff is pretty much peaking about where he's possible. Right. So okay. I, I I think it's going to be Kansas City, and I I, I don't think it's going to be relatively close. Okay. And I, I and I will take the over on the sixty three and a half. Yeah. Um, I mean I'll take the over as well. I'm with you. I'm going Kansas City. I can't pick against them right now. I don't know that I – I mean, I'll, I won't be shocked if they win by a couple scores, but I also won't be shocked if it's, you know, three to seven point win either. You know, it's a little bit of a weird situation. Obviously, the Rams went out to Colorado to prep for the elevation of Mexico City, and so a little bit of a weird week for them. Um, but I, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say Kansas City. I just don't know by how many points. Okay, yeah, it's it's gonna be a fun game to watch on Monday Night Football. I tell you what. Um, yeah. All right, so you have uh, a name that Viking for me, Mike. I do, I do. This time I'm prepared with uh, seven clues. Now I don't think you'll actually need to get to all seven, but do, do, uh, do what well, I, here's what I think we do. I think what I'll do is I'll I'll uh, message you the response or what I think it is, so you can read all the seven clues. So we'll, we'll pause between the clues. And if I okay. get it, you, you can tell me if I got it or not. That, that way we can uh, allow the, the listeners to, to play at home. All right. All right. I'm in. Okay. What do you got? Right. You ready? Yep. Okay. You know, we got to get some theme music for Name That Viking. But, uh, I mean. You know. Yeah, there you go. We'll take it. All right. First clue. Uh, this Viking was a 2004 third-round pick by the very Chicago Bears that we play on Sunday night. 
Um. Okay. 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 So, clue one: two thousand four third round pick by the Chicago Bears. Is my guess right? Oh God, you did guess right. I guessed right on yeah. the first pick. That's what a joke. Oh God, continue. Uh, he is friends with Chad Johnson and appeared on his dating show, Ocho Cinco: The Ultimate Catch. Wait, Chad Ocho Cinco had a dating show? Apparently, and it was called Ocho Cinco: The Ultimate Catch. Oh God, of course he had that. Okay. Uh, clue three. Nicknames include California Cool and the Silent Assassin. Okay. I did not know those. Dang it, I should have started with those. Uh, clue four. He played in 46 regular season games in his first three years as a Viking before only playing in five his fourth and final year. Okay. Um, clue five. Against those same Chicago Bears that drafted him, this player tied an NFL record with a 99-yard touchdown reception. Yeah, that, that one should get a lot of people. If you, if you don't have it yet, that one should be a big help to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, clue six. In the 2009 NFC Championship game, he recorded nine catches for 102 yards. Holy shit, I do not remember that. Yeah, I didn't either. Wow. And we were probably really excited about that at the time. Well, yeah. I mean, probably. How many, how many more clues uh, you got? Last one. Okay. Let me you have ready? Yep. Ready? Okay. Uh, clue seven. This one, for me, always just sticks out. So uh, this was my giveaway clue. He signed a six-year, $42 million deal with the Vikings on March 1st, 2008. And the correct answer is... Bernard Berrien. It is. B squared. Also another nickname, but I couldn't put that on there because I really would have gave it away. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I guess I read first after the first clip there. God dang it. I shouldn't have started with the Bears pick, I guess. But I, I didn't I didn't think you were a big draft guy. I, I wasn't, but I'm just, I'm, in my head, I'm like, okay, he came from the Bears to Minnesota. That limits it tremendously. What well, time period was... was the only people I know that, that came from there, and it's like, okay, that, that roughly matches. Yeah. Well, I tried to be, you know, topical by going with a former bear, you know. No, very, very good, uh, very good name that Viking. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Hopefully next time right. you'll make it a bit more tough and uh, you won't do yeah. jack-o'-lantern clues. Yeah, okay. Well. <laughs> yeah, I'll be ready. I'll be ready for, uh, maybe I'll try to get one for each show, you know. Yeah, I, I think it'd be a good segment going forward, uh. So yeah, um, that's it. We're predicting a Vikings win. Mike a little bit handier than uh, than myself, uh, but Vikes win. Let's let's go get this. Let's take this division back. Let's let's keep rolling, baby. Absolutely, skull. Let's go Seattle tonight. Go and, Seattle. Uh, uh, who's Detroit playing this week? Uh, Detroit is gonna get killed. They're they uh, host Carolina. Oh yeah, they're they're well, they're dead. Remember. They're dead. Although I did see Cam was on the injury report. I don't know if that's actually serious or not. Yeah, but. he'll play. Um, anyway, that's going to wrap it up for us. Scolders.com. Uh, I'm at Namok7. Musky underscore Mike. Part of the Equipment in the Pocket Network here. Um, go over there. They got good stuff. Go check out Scolders.com. We got good stuff up there too. 
Um, it's going to do it for us. Skull Vikes, let's go yep. win this one. Skull, baby. <laughs>